Genesis chapter 25 this morning, so I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Genesis 25, and while you're doing that, I would just make mention real quick of our five friend focus cards that are in the seat backs in front of you. If they're not there, you can pick one up in the back. This is a reminder for us to be praying for people in our lives that the Holy Spirit has laid upon our heart that we might continue to pray for them, that God would open up opportunity and door for us to be a part of communicating the love of God through Jesus Christ to them, that they might receive the Lord and be born again. And so, if you have not filled one of these out yet, we invite you to do so. On the back of it has a basic prayer guide that you can follow week in and week out for the 50 or 48 weeks remaining in 2017, and we would invite you to join us in doing that. But I'd like to just take a moment, and for those who have these filled out already, uh, and for those of you who will be taking one of these and uh, praying earnestly for folks, uh, we want to take time and service to pray and believe God for salvation. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, those that you have laid upon our hearts that we are believing for the opportunity, the greatest miracle to see salvation come into the hearts and lives of the men and women that you have laid upon our hearts, that we might work in cooperation with your Spirit to convey the love of God through Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, will you open doors, and Lord, will, may we make the most of every opportunity. Your word says, living with wisdom towards those who are on the outside, that they might see that the Lord, taste and see that the Lord is good, and may they receive Christ as Lord and Savior. So, Father, we pray for the unsaved that will be saved in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Just by way of encouragement, too, to let you know that God is on the move. Amen. God is moving. In a nation in Asia, it wasn't too many years ago that there were only a small number of known believers. In the nation of China, not very many years ago, when I say a small number, I think it was as many as 20 million, but for China, that's a small number. And today, in fact, I don't even, I think it was maybe 2 million. I might have added a zero to that. Nevertheless, today there are over 100 million believers in China. And people are being added to the faith, added to the kingdom of God daily. It's because the church prayed. The church gathered and prayed. Thank you for that encouraging video this week, you guys. That was so inspiring. Beth and Peggy Altig, missionary family right here in our own Pleasanton. Inspiring words uh, to see what God is doing in China. And I believe that God wants to move in our midst. And I know that you are believing that way as well. And we are believing for America. Not only are we believing in America for a revival, but we're believing in America for an awakening. That those who do not know the Lord would receive the Lord. Be born again. Be born again so that they can declare like we just did, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. And as dearly loved children, 
we would be the recipients of the promises of God. That 2 Peter chapter 1 declares in the fourth verse that we have received exceedingly great and precious promises. Exceedingly great and precious. Three adjectives the Holy Spirit used to describe the promises of God that are ours in Christ Jesus. Wow! Great God! They're so good! Today we're looking in Genesis chapter 25 as we continue in our study through the book of Genesis. And we come literally to the conclusion of what would be known as the seventh division or seventh main chapter the chapters being divided if you will by the generations of and we are coming to the conclusion today of the generations of Terah and Terah the principal son that is identified as Abraham and Abraham we come to the conclusion of his life and so in these few verses I, I really have been very inspired by Abraham's life on many, many fronts. But as, as we look at chapter 25, I won't read all of the sections, but just these first six verses refer to Abraham. Sarah has passed away, and it's been nearly 20 years. Abraham is now like 130 years old. And he marries Keturah. Keturah. We don't know much about her, but we know she's clothed in incense. That's what her name means. Her life is like worship, if you will, clothed in incense. And Abraham marries her. And here's the thing. God, who is faithful, he answers that he had given back in Genesis chapter 17 and verse 4 where he said, many nations I will make of you. And it is through Keturah that six more sons are born to Abraham. And each of these sons become a nation. And so God is faithful. He answers his promise. He answers that which he declared in advance. And I say that to be a reminder to each one of us. You see, God is good. Say that with me. God is good. The Bible says every good and perfect gift flows from the Father of lights. Every good gift. He says that he is causing all things. Say that with me. All things to work together for the good of those who are the called in Christ Jesus. He is working in your circumstances and my circumstances toward the good. That's a promise. That's a promise. You may be sitting here right now and you say, man, my circumstances are not good. stop looking at our circumstances and start looking at our God who declares he is working for the good and he is good. The good. And God is doing it. He is faithful. That which he has said 
will come to pass. Period. You and I, we can bank our lives on the Word of God, the promises of God. If you today have been trusting in other things, folks, your finances aren't going to solve your stuff. Your Savior will. Your Savior will. He is your Savior. He will provide. He declared that. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. You know the scripture. He shall supply all of our need according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. It is God who is able to do what? Exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or imagine. He is the one who is able. He's able. We come to verses 7 through 11. This is, we'll read this. This is captivating to me. This is the sum of the years of Abraham's life, which he lived 175 years. I like how the King James says it. 100, three score, and 15. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Three score. We don't talk like that anymore. I like that. 175 years. Then Abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and was gathered to his people. You should underline that in your Bible. He was gathered to his you see, Abraham had purchased a plot of land. Machpelah. That's a fun name to say, Machpelah. Only his wife, Sarah, has been barren. People is plural. The statement was gathered to his people is not in reference to his physical death and his physical burial. It's in reference to the promise. We were born into eternity. And we are eternal beings. And there is life after death. And folks, for the believer, that should produce hope. Abraham was gathered to his people. Here's the beauty. Jesus Christ, Dr. Luke records for us in Luke chapter 16, verse 22. He references the place that Abraham went to, to his people. Jesus himself called it Abraham's bosom. To the thief that was hanging on the cross, Jesus declared paradise. You will be with me today. Where? In paradise. The place of all those who had died of and in faith up to that point. Abraham, and incidentally, paradise is empty today. Ephesians chapter 4 tells us, He who ascended also descended into the bowels of the earth. 
and led those that were in captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the door. He is the gate. He is the good shepherd. And he led those that were in paradise into the presence of the Father and gave gifts to men. And then he came back and rose from the dead. Abraham. It's the promise and it's the hope for every believer. God is faithful. You and I, we can bank our lives completely on the future hope that we have. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will return for you. Can I get an amen? Think about that. This world is not our home. May we live like Abraham lived. Hebrews chapter 11 said Abraham and his sons dwelt as sojourners living in tents, no permanent residence, looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Chapter 25 reminds us that God is faithful. And we can have our hope and our trust completely in His Word. responsibility for you and I to become familiar with his word to become familiar with the promises of God what are you believing for right now in the Lord every perfect gift flows from the father of lights he can do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or imagine that's big that's big he shall supply all of our So we have needs, and we have wants and desires. And here's the beauty. He beckons us to come. Ask. Seek. Knock. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and the door will be opened. I think we we neglect to ask. We neglect to seek, and we neglect to knock. Oh, God, let us be people of faith. Believe. Believe. Respond. And simply do. How much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask? To those who ask. fathers know how to give good gifts to our children when they ask, how much more will our Heavenly Father give good things to those who ask? Oh, Lord, may I ask, Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, ask, ask. Teach us to pray, Jesus. Teach us to pray. When you pray, pray this way. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Ask. Ask. 
on the little detonator. He hears us when we pray. That's absolutely captivating. The God of the universe. Mathematics is his idea. You say, said this before. This is fascinating. This is fascinating. This isn't isn't even part of the sermon. It's unbelievable. Genesis 1-1. In the Hebrew language. Where the Hebrew letters have numerical value. You take the sum of the letters times the sum of the words divided by the sum of the words and it equals time. 3.1417 out to like the seventh decimal. I mean, it's a big deal. (laughs) That is a big deal. There's only two constants in the entire universe. Pi is one of them. And the value of E, another mathematical equation that shows up in every computation in higher math. There's only two. Genesis 1-1 gives us the one, pi. (laughs) Then you go to John 1-1 in the New Testament. A different language, the language of Greek, Koine Greek. There's no numerical values like we have our Aramaic numbers, 0 through 9. They don't have those in the Greek either, so every letter has a numerical value. Hebrew letters, 22, Greek, 24, they have numeric value. You take John 1, 1, add up the same exact equation, applied with the same numbers, guess what it totals? The value of E to the ninth decimal point, 2.71, blah, 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 blah. Those two constants in the universe in the word of God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. Boom. I think that God hears me when I'm praying. From the time I was a little guy praying, I even prayed for my stuffed animals. Anybody here pray for your stuffed animals? Oh God, my teddy bear has a hole in his arm. God hears. That blows my mind because I'm praying for a lot more significant things than the stuffing coming out from underneath the arm of my teddy bear. And so are you. So are you. But he beckons us to call. Hebrews reminds us we have a high priest who has been touched in every way as we have. He has been touched, tempted, gone through trial in every area as we are. And he was without sin. And he therefore is able to help us in our time of need. Therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. 
Come boldly into the Holy of Holies. Present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Paul reminds us as he wrote under the inspiration of the Spirit of God just before he left. God is faithful. We come to the conclusion of Abraham's life. Goes on. Verse 8, he breathes his last. Verse 9, and his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave at Machpelah, which is before Mamre, in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar, the Hittite. I just want you to know something real quickly, too. Our God is in the business of redeeming relationships. We prayed for it just a little bit ago. Matt was praying. I think Dennis maybe said something about that. Our God restores relationship. You remember Ishmael and Isaac. These cats are not relationships. From the time Isaac was weaned, Ishmael was badgering him. Badgering him. Cast away the bondwoman and her son, Abraham was told. By his wife, and then reiterated by God himself. But God said, I'll take care of the boy because he's your seed. I've heard your prayer. Genesis 17 reminds us that. He says, I will take care of him. In fact, it goes on to say, I will make him a great nation. Twelve princes he will have. You're going to see in just a moment. God answers that prayer perfectly. Pathetic, chapter 17, answers it right here. In his timing, in his lifetime. God restores relationships. It's at the death of Abraham that God restores Isaac and Ishmael. They come together and they bury their father. Some restoration. Maybe you're here today and you're believing God for restoration of relationships. God restores relationships. Look this way for a minute. God restores relationships. Maybe it's father-son. Maybe it's father-daughter. Maybe it's mom-son, mom-daughter. Maybe it's a grandparent. Maybe it's an aunt and uncle. Maybe it's a brother in the Lord. Maybe it's a sister in the Lord. Maybe it was a business deal that went bad. God can restore. We're inspired not to have hardness of heart in relationships. God will take a heart of stone, Ezekiel tells us, and he'll replace it with a heart of flesh. If you feel like you've got dead bones and dry bones, these bones will live. These bones will live. Because God is able. He's a miracle-working God, and he'll restore it. So we come to the families of Ishmael. This begins, and it's interesting, because I believe because Isaac and Ishmael reconnect, it's there that Isaac gets the whole history of Ishmael, and he records it for us here. I mean, Moses ultimately recorded it for us, but he took notes on it so that Moses would have this, and it's the story of Ishmael and his descendants, in, uh, verse uh, 12 through 18. And it's fascinating again. God is faithful. God prophesied and said something to Abraham. He said, I have heard you. And because I've heard you, I will make Ishmael great, a great nation. Flip back. Look at chapter 17. Flip back a few pages to the left. Chapter 17 is powerful. Verse 18. And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Then God said, No, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son. In other words, Abraham was pleading with God. 
He was contending with God. Look, Ishmael, I love my boy. He should be enough. Can't you do it through him? God says, no, it's the work of the flesh. I will not bless the work of the flesh. He says, verse 19, Then God said, no, your wife shall bear a son. You shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. Verse 20, And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. I love that. I think God hears us. And he's listening. He's listening and he says, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall beget 12 princes and I will make him a great nation. That's fascinating. And then you come to chapter 25 and he fulfills that. We get the story. He's got 12 sons, and they name all 12 sons are named. God is faithful to his word. Then we come to verse 19. It's the ninth division of the book of Genesis that is divided by these three lines of sin. It moves from the generations of Terah with the death of Abraham, and really chapter it's halfway through chapter 11 all the way through chapter 25. We see a short section, six verses, the generations or the genealogies of Ishmael, and then we come to the genealogy of Isaac, Abraham's son. Read with me real quickly or follow along a handful of verses. It says this. This is the genealogy of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah as wife. The daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian, of Padanaram. The sister of Laban, the Syrian. Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her, and she said, If all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, two peoples shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other and the older shall serve the younger. So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over, so they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. Let me stop there for a moment. How old was he when he took Rebekah as wife? How old was he when they had the twins? 60, 20 years. Now here's the interesting thing. Isaac prays for his wife. He prays for his wife. God had already promised through Isaac's seed. So the covenant went from Abraham to Isaac. Isaac knew well that God was going to raise up seed, offspring. 20 years of waiting. But for whatever reason, God allows Isaac to be a part of the process. In fact, invites him to be part of the process. Here's the beauty. Remember Isaac as a type of the life after the Spirit. Remember Abraham gives 
all of his possessions to his son Isaac, right? Our Father in heaven has given all to Jesus. And Jesus is ever interceding on our behalf. He is ever interceding on our behalf. Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter I think it's chapter 11, tells us that. Ever in intercession for us. And yet God has already promised and determined blessing and good. And yet the bridegroom prays. And he invites us into the closet to pray also. God says, ask. God says, ask. God says, ask. The things that he's already determined that he's going to do, he says, ask. And when Isaac asked, the Lord moved, and she conceived. Twenty years of waiting. God is faithful. Here's what I'd like to do in our service this morning. Some of us have actually taken time to pray on more than one occasion. Some are interceding regularly, daily. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Maybe it's a loved one. Maybe it's a prodigal son or daughter. Maybe it's, maybe it's a, a, a provision. Maybe it's a health thing. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a barren womb. Maybe it's, I don't know, you fill in the blank. Maybe it's just provision. Maybe you need more money in your job. Maybe you need, I don't know what it is, fill in the blank. God does, right? God knows our needs before we ask. And yet he invites us to ask, right? We're just going to take a moment. We're going to be coming to the communion table in just a few moments, but we're going to come. We're going to have time at the altar twice this morning. Second time will be communion. But the first time, we want to pray. I'm going to invite, in fact, I'm going to invite elders, if you just come to the front right now. Just elders, come to the front. Dennis, Charlie, uh, Matt, come on down. Uh, I don't, is Gil here this morning? I don't see Gil. Uh, is Dave here? I don't see Dave. Uh, any other elders here this morning? We've got three, myself, four. We're going to just believe God together. If you, if right now, if you're believing God for something that's outside of your ability, outside of your control. No one else needs to know what it is. It's outside of your ability. It's outside of your control. But you're believing that you need a miracle. Will you just stand where you are and make your way to the front? Just make your way to the front. Come on down. Stay in front of you. There you go. Come on down. Here we go. Boom. Just come on down. Fill in all the way across the front here. All the way across the front. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Fill in all the way. Come on in. Come on in. There's going to be hands being laid on, folks. We're, I just asked the elders to come up so they can extend hands and touch, touch folks as they're up here. Come on in. Fill in, guys. All the way in. All the way in. Come on in here. Boom, boom, boom. Get in tight. Get in tight. Get in tight. Get in tight. Come on in a little more. A little more. There we go. Come on up here, you guys. Get up close. Get up close. Boom. There you go. Good, good. Maybe you're believing for a prodigal. You want a son or daughter, a grandparent, a parent, someone you're just saying, man, I just want them to come back. I just want them to come back to the Lord. They're not with the Lord right now. 
And you just would say, and maybe you're already here and you're believing for that prodigal, but if, you, if you're believing for someone and you just want to come on down, I just want you to stand where you're at, just come on down. Anybody else? Come on in. Pack it in here tight. We'll pack the aisles. We'll fill. There you go. There you go. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Good. Good. Amen. Hallelujah. He is able. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or imagine. He's able. He's able. And the beauty is he's inviting us to be a part of that whole process. If, you, if you're believing for anything else, it could be anything. Maybe it's provision. Maybe it's just it's finances. Maybe it's work. Maybe it's direction. Maybe it's food. Maybe it's housing. Maybe it's whatever it is. You say, I'm believing. If you're comfortable, I invite you just to stand where you are and come on down. And if you're not comfortable, that's okay, too, because God hears you right where you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just begin to pray as folks are still coming. Father, we come in the mighty name of Jesus. Will you just pray all over this place? Let's lift our voices. Don't pray under your breath. Pray out loud. Let God hear your voices. Let's just pray. My house, God says, will be a house of prayer. Father, we are believing, and we are standing on your promises. Your promises declared yes and amen yes and amen in him they are yes and in him they are amen lord you your word declared we even now father in jesus name we pray for open wounds in the name of jesus that god you would touch and that you would open wounds in the name of jesus that you would bring babies into the house hallelujah like isaac prayed like Abraham prayed, Lord, you'd bring and fill the house with children, God. Hallelujah. Will you do that, Father, for your glory and for your namesake? And, Father, today we are praying, God, for prodigals to come home in the name of Jesus, just like in Luke chapter 15, where the prodigal came to his senses. Lord, may they come to their senses. May they come to their senses, Lord. May they realize their prodigal living and that just wandering, wanton spirit that would just be broken in the name of Jesus. Broken in the name of Jesus. And Lord, may the promises of God train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Lord, all of those godly children that were raised who may have wandered, Lord, May they come home in the name of Jesus according to your promise. Your word declares that he who has begun a good work in you, he shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Oh, God, may you bring them home in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, whatever the needs may be, God, for those seeking direction, your word says that you will go before us. You'll make rough places smooth. You will level the mountains before us. You will make the crooked places straight. You will take your anointed by the hand, lead them before the nations. You are the one who orchestrates the footsteps of the righteous. And so, God, will you make clear, will you let us know your direction and your plan? Lord, I pray that we would not live presumptuously but that we would seek you and say, God, we will not move until we've heard from you, that you would show the doors before. If there's gates of bronze and bars of iron in front, God, will you cut through them all. And, Lord, will you open up double doors before your children and grant blessing, Lord, spiritual treasures, treasures of darkness and riches in the places that are hidden yet to us. 
Lord, will you supply and provide? Father, we are praying for every other need that is represented, God. Lord, we're praying for work. We're praying for provisions. We're praying for shelter. We're praying for housing. We're praying for direction in terms of where people are to be living. God, we're praying for spiritual awakening. We're praying for, God, that uh, revival in our hearts. Oh, revival. Lord, very specially right now, we're praying for deliverance in the name of Jesus. Lord, for those who are in bondage to sin. Lord, they just said, man, I keep trying and I keep failing. I keep trying and I keep stumbling. I go back to the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again. God, will you break that right now in the name of Jesus? Oh, God, thank you, Lord, that you came that we might have life and life to the full. Your word declares that you triumphed over our enemy. And you made a public spectacle of him, disarming him. He has been disarmed. Therefore, we have victory, always leading us in triumph over the enemy. God, may we walk in that. May your children walk in that. Freedom. Freedom. Lord, we worship you. We praise you. We thank you. Father, we ask blessing. Blessing. Your word says in Galatians chapter 3 that we are blessed with believing Abraham. Lord, we believe today and we say, yes, God, as we ask, so may it be, God, according to your purpose, according to your plan, according to your promises. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen and amen. I'm going to invite you to just hug one of your brothers or sisters. You guys who are still sitting, hug each other as you're sitting. And then we're going to make our way back and we're going to have and enjoy communion together this morning.
Hallelujah. Your sin is remembered not as far as the east is from the west. Remembered no more. Hallelujah. I mean, that's good news. Amen. I know some of you are going to get way more excited at a football game than what we just did there. But that football game compares nothing to what Jesus accomplished upon the cross at Calvary. My sin is remembered no more. That's exciting. So it's an open communion. We are advised to not approach the communion table in an unwise manner. For some have approached in an unwise manner. And because of such, they are sick. And Paul even tells us some have even died as a result. So we don't come in an unworthy manner. We should be taking spiritual stock. Listen, if the Spirit of God is revealing something to you in your heart, maybe you have unforgiveness, maybe you have some some sin that you're just kind of holding on to, an area that you just said no to God, I, you just keep, you're like Abraham, you're like, no, God, no. He's saying, yes, yes. And you've been resisting His authority in your life, His Lordship in your life. Hey, confess that. Just confess it and come and be a part. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord, you've been seeking and you're like, I'm not sure if my faith is in Christ yet. You could make a public declaration today for the very first time saying, I want to receive Christ as my Savior. To know that my sin is forgiven, that my name is written in God's book in heaven, that I'll spend an eternity with God. When my days are over, I will be gathered to Abraham's people as well. It's a statement of faith. And you could do so by declaring, by receiving communion for the very first time today. The bread and the juice. And so we would invite you to do so. And if you're an undecided, we would simply invite you to abstain at this point. And it's not a bad thing. And if you're like the only one in here who abstains, hey, that's okay. We want you to know you're welcome here. This is for believers. Because we're participating in this new covenant in the shed blood of Christ. Will you take a few moments? while the worship team is simply playing behind us. And just, Lord, how am I doing? Am I okay? Is there some area that I need to get clean? And will you just clear the slate with the Lord? Make those few confessions that you might have. And then as you're feeling led, you can just stand up where you're at and make your way to these two center aisles and come forward. There's four, four of us up here serving. Then make your way back around the outside. That way we won't trip and bump into each other as we're navigating. Let's take those few moments, and then just as you're feeling led, you can stand, and we'll, in fact, why don't we all stand, and that will make it real simple. Let's all stand, and then as you, after you've kind of just communicated with the Lord these few moments, make your way, and you can receive, and hold the emblems so we can all receive them together as you make your way back to your seats. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.
Hallelujah. So let it go, oh my soul, and trust in him. The wind and waves will know his name. Hallelujah. At the name of Jesus Christ, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. No matter what mountain stands against you, no matter what enemy or foe, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. On the night in which Jesus was betrayed, Passover, he had just celebrated this marvelous meal with his disciples. And it's in the midst of that meal that he took the bread. Breaking the bread and giving thanks, he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The bread that they were eating on that night was matzah bread. Bread without leaven. Prepared the same way. Into a cake, if you will, a flat sheet. They perforate it with holes and they score it with stripes. Literally, for the Jews, where the prophet Zechariah says, they will look upon the one whom they have pierced. Every Passover meal where they partake of unleavened bread, they look upon, allegorically, they look upon the one whom they have pierced, the one who was without leaven, Messiah, Jesus. His body did not see decay. He fulfilled the feast of unleavened bread in that when they put his body, Joseph of Arimathea put his body in the tomb, his body did not see decay because there was no leaven in it. Hallelujah. Therefore, death had no hold on him. Hallelujah. So on the third day, he rose again. Praise God. He took the bread and he broke the bread, which is part of the Passover meal. The bread that they break, part of it is hidden away for later. It's an indicator to you and I that there's bread that is hidden, and it's been hidden in heaven, and the bread of life is going to be soon returned. Hallelujah. And his children find the bread, so to speak. But he gave thanks, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I want to invite you this morning as we pray. Father, will you bless even our remembrances today of what Jesus has done for us on our behalf he was willing and he went he gave it all he became our kinsman redeemer your word declares it is by his stripes we are healed this matzah bread scored with stripes reminders of what he has done for us we receive the bread today in faith giving thanks in Jesus name Stand with me this morning, all, as we hold this out. In a Seder meal or a Passover meal, 
There is a single cup in the center of the table, and four times that cup is partaken as they read through the Haggadah, and they tell the story of what God has done throughout the history of his people. Each cup has a designation of what it represents. After supper is the third cup. And the scripture declares to us that it was after supper that Jesus took the cup. You see, the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. If you look back in Exodus, he even says, I will purchase my people. It's the third promise. And that's part of the Seder meal, that he would purchase his people, redemption. And he redeemed us. He redeemed us, not with the blood of bulls and of rams, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ that was shed upon the cross of Calvary. And Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks, and he said, take and drink. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. The old covenant, as good as it is, it is unable to redeem. Unable and unwilling. Cannot be a kinsman redeemer. The law won't work. So God became flesh and dwelt among us, and he redeemed us. As Abraham said on that Mount Moriah, right where Christ some 2,000 years later would be crucified, Abraham made that declaration, God will supply himself a sacrifice. Precisely what God did, he provided himself a sacrifice. God became flesh, and he died a substitutionary death, one that each one of us deserved. And he said, this cup is the cup of the new covenant in my shed blood. And as we partake of this cup, we are declaring to everyone in this room and the world, I am a willing participant in the new covenant of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Father, today as we hold the cup, it's by faith. It's by faith. Your word declares the just shall live by faith. We've been justified by faith. And it's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. We give you thanks today. We give you thanks for the new covenant in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Our sin has been covered. It has been atoned for. It's been atoned for. We give you thanks. Let's partake of the cup together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. It's good to be a part of the family of God. Amen. It's good to know that our Father is faithful. God is faithful. Can we sing that chorus one more time? Pastor Dennis, can you close us in a word of prayer? God bless you. Have an amazing week. We'll sing this chorus one more time, and then Pastor Dennis will close through it all.
with us. And may we let go of whatever has been in our souls and trust in you. As the word, the, the wind and the waves, he'll know your name. And may we know your name and live it out today as we go from here. Thank you for the word, the power of your Holy Spirit. And may the love of Jesus Christ go with us as we leave this place. In Jesus' name we pray.